Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe right when you don't know what to do just keep on breathing from the city of angels in los angeles and the big apple in new york city on fire island welcome to all my listeners out there in radio land i'm dave the caregiver's caregiver at caregiverdave.com along with my lovely co-host adrian gruberg at the caregiverspace.org and we're also coming to you live and on demand 24 7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global audio and video platforms, including iHeartRadio and iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Blog Talk Radio, and a whole bunch more. And in fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast on the top 50 on Player FM and number two podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. And again, number two caregiver podcast on CaringVillage.com. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today, don't we, Adrian? Yes, we do. Andre Henry wrote a book, best-selling author, I think, from Orphan to Self-Millionaire, The Ten Irrefutable Laws of Purpose. But before we get started, I want to thank my last week's guest, Diana Grippo, from Living on the Streets to Working at Apple. Very similar story. <laughs> <laughs> Just a reminder, you can watch or listen to that interview and all our interviews on our membership website, caregiverdave.com, or any of the other 26 global networks I mentioned before. Her, hers was a little harder because she was bipolar. And so she had a bigger uh, disability to overcome. But I don't know. We'll hear about uh, Andre's disability. Right. So, Andre, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Caregiver's Show. So happy to have you on. Hello, Dave. Hello. Uh, I'm happy to be on. Thank you guys for having me. I uh, really appreciate y'all taking out your time to let me on the show. No problem. We met in New York at the National Publicity Summit. Yes? Yes, correct. Oh, good. I don't know if you had a chance to meet Adrian. She was in and out. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't meet Adrian. Adrian, it's nice to meet you. I'm um, nice to meet you, know. you too. Yeah, no problem. So, so we always like to ask our guests the first question, just who is Andre Henry and why was he placed on this earth? Um, Andre Henry is um, a brother, a father, cousin. I mean, I'm a family member. I'm a friend. Um, if you want to go by my trade, I'm an accountant uh trade stocks i'm an investor um the ceo of dream again crypto uh, also uh no i'm not a fan of crypto i, th I think it's gonna crash i think it's a uh oh. it, it, it might it you might turn you into a crypto believer oh well uh, that's what I'm, I'm he not... is i'm with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what they say you only own as much crypto as you deserve to own <laughs> <laughs> i feel like if i was an early investor in 2008 i feel like i'd be you know, pushing it, but I, you know, I was in high school at the time, so I can't really press, press it. Like, I guess if it right goes to a million, enough. it's all relative, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Back to, uh, back to uh, orphan to self-made millionaire. Why were you placed on this earth? Uh, I was placed on this earth to, uh, just to be a servant, just to help individuals that come from um, humble beginnings, tough beginnings. I feel like, um, how I came up, um, you know, I was diagnosed with uh, autism, third grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, I lost my mother and my father at the age of eight. Um, 
you know, and I just grew into an individual over time that, you know, I felt like I got the most out of life when I gave back to those, you know, from those circumstances or just needed uh, help uh, in their journey. I'm assuming it's a high functioning autism, something like Asperger's and stuff. Cause you're yeah, yeah, very yeah, intelligent. Got, um, you're, yeah. 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 I, I, over, over time, I, um, you know, found my, uh, my tweaks and I got a control over them. And, um, yeah, you know, I, have I, a, could... I have a grandson who is high functioning. Uh, he was off to a rough start. He's in prison right now because he accidentally, uh, killed somebody while he was, uh, driving in a car, which he was drunk in. But um, I'm and I write to him a lot and I'm so impressed. He's growing so much in school. He's already got his GED. He's working on college credits. He's doing a whole bunch of things, uh, wants to be a graphic design artist. And I'm very, very impressed with his progress. And you know what? That's where he needs to be just focused and away from all the distractions. And when he gets out, uh, I I hope he uh, really continues uh, his good work. Yeah, I, isolation could definitely be a good thing for that. You know, I, I started um, in remedial classes uh, and I got out of them by like ninth grade. I just, you know, was always in the front or sat in the back like by myself. And I just tried to like focus and get your thoughts together. Um, I feel like, you know, you just got to find something that you like uh, with the traits and then just build on it. Math was like my foundation. I found, I found it easy, you know, to count, multiply you know, percentages. And uh, I actually got me into a better situation education-wise growing up. Yeah. Good for you. Good you for have you. the facility with numbers? Yeah, I'm, I'm very good with numbers. I love numbers a lot. Um, they're, they're my pathway through life, honestly. I feel like without numbers, I couldn't tell you what I'll be doing at this point. So tell me about your faith. Um, it took a lot of will and determination and faith to to go from orphan to self-made millionaire do you have a, a faith did you inherit any faith um, from your parents uh, i mean my, my, oh. mother, my, mother, <laughs> my mother was christian my father was muslim um so i never really identified with one i just got like the bigger understanding right. of it of them over time um I'm, I'm real big on history i'm like a history like i know like uh I read about everything. So like history has been like one of my biggest uh, aspects of just understanding uh, like my position in life and uh, how to go forward. When did things really, go ahead, Adrian, go ahead. I just want to know if you would consider yourself spiritual. Oh yeah, I'm definitely spiritual. I feel like us, you know, as a higher, you know, a divine power that, you know, drives me forward and uh, brings the things that I need to, uh, be able to be successful and go forward. I definitely believe it's a sign higher than myself. I'm not egotistical or not. I'm yeah. definitely purpose, <laughs> I'm purpose driven. If you want to identify, I'm definitely purpose driven, and I'm a, a spiritual individual. Yeah, good for you. So, when did you feel that things changed for you, and you started uh, feeling positive and started going in a good direction and preparing for your self-made millionaire? Um, I feel like, uh, you know, just over, over time, you know, like after losing my parents, I, I don't think I, like, I, I got like a numb feeling. It wasn't like I was like sad or anything. I just became real numb to a lot of things. And I just wanted to understand, you know, life as, as it was. And, um, you know, over time, you know, just, you know, a foundation of my education, just being math, 
you know, and just learning as I, I grew older, I started to identify things, uh, you know, to build up my company and uh, be able to help individuals. So I feel like, you know, once I accepted the fact that, you know, all these things happen for a reason, you know, people, you know, everybody, is, everybody has, have their final days or, you know, identify the things that, you know, I'm, I'm here for. Uh, then things started to change. It was like a mindset shift, if you should, if I should say. Mm, that's really good. Um, after your parents died, um, what kept you going? And and like, who raised you? Okay, so um, you know, after my mother passed away, she uh, got in a car accident. Uh, my father just disappeared. Uh, my grandmother took us in, but we was like, she didn't have the capacity because I come from a, a big family. So I got mm -hmm. four brothers and two sisters. Um, I'm the youngest brother and I got a little sister. So, uh, you know, my grandmother, she did her best, you know, when they came and said, we ain't have enough space. Some, some of us went in, some of us went out, you know, most of the time I was with her for the most part. Um, so, you know, the thing that drive me and like, just keep me motivated, you know, I was the younger brother and I, you know, I went from section eight in Chester, PA, and then I moved to a predominantly white neighborhood in Drexel Hill. So I, I got the opportunity to catch up education-wise because I knew it was a gap difference, you know, just moving to that new environment. So, mm -hmm. you know, over time, I, I caught up. Uh, the thing that motivated motivates me the most is just my family. You know, I was, I'm the one that broke the cycle. Um, mm -hmm. I'm the one that went to college, you know, graduated. My little sister went to college. So I just see, like, that impact that it just has on, on my brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. um, also see, you know, like you, you, you get all emotions when you, you know, successful, you know, dealing with those individuals, but you know, somebody has to be, be, be that one, you know, so I, I'm that that's pretty much my driver. You know, I want to set up a new um, foundation for my family. Mm. How, um, how many? Go ahead. Good. I just wanted to ask you when, when you were in grade school and, and early on, um, the autism was not thought of the way it is now. Um, how did all of that affect you? How, how did the changing perception of autism change you? Oh, uh, so definitely, you know, like, like you said, it wasn't like brought up or it wasn't identified, you know, at that age, you know, they gave me Ritalin and stuff like in grade school and it, you know, that was pretty much placebo was like, as I learned over time and it was hurting me. Like when I think back, I, when I think back, like how I felt just taking that medicine, I felt like I was stuck and if like my stomach was eating, like eating my back, like it was a, it was a bad feeling just taking that medicine. And then I had to take it every day because they uh pretty much prescribed it. And then, um you know, I didn't really know I had autism or like the traits until, you know, I, I kept going to like therapy sessions, uh you know, so they could see my development because I was in those special need classes. And then they, you know, yeah. I, I, I had habits and they uh, started to like identify those traits. And then they told me like, you know, you carry like the traits and stuff like that. We we thought, we think you had it because like how I was uh, moving when I was younger, like I was quiet, I was rocking back and forth, uh, like had weird movements. Uh, so like over time, I just found out that I had it, but I wasn't aware at the time. I'm just taking the Ritalin and stuff like that. You know, like mentally, uh, you know, it made me stronger because, you know, I overcame it. 
uh, either way and I, you know, became who I wanted to be in life. What's this thing called Dream Again that you talk about? Uh, Dream Again, uh, I started my own uh, company. It's, it's based on Martin Luther King's vision. I turned it into a, a company. So pretty much, you know, I offer financial literacy to devalue communities. That's like one of the main key components. Uh, I'm an accountant, so I do all the individuals' taxes. I have over 170 clients. Wow. Uh, my financial literacy chat room started with 30 individuals this year, grew over to 1,300 in uh, wow. one year. Uh, I closed over, you know, 10 partnerships, ADP, NASDAQ. Um, started my Dream Again credit line, Dream Again edu education fund. I got a 529 plan that gives family $15 on a sign up. I have a Dream Again HSA account uh, where you can uh, invest, you know, education and help wise 100% tax free. So I just provide those uh, instruments, uh, financial instruments to the uh, devalued community. I teach them about like Roth IRA, self directed IRA, and uh, all the different, you know, financial tools that they can use to, you know, you know, live abundantly. I mean, there are, there are an awful lot of caregivers who, who are in need of, of good financial advice. I mean, what, where would you tell them to concentrate their, I'm not asking for the stock market advice, but I mean, <laughs> education or, or, you know, help for themselves or, I mean, what I mean, they should be doing. So just being a caregiver, I feel like they all should, you know, have things that's health associated. So I would like, just like financial wise, I feel like they should all have, you know, a Roth IRA. You only can put 6K in there a year. You should have like an HSA. You can put 3,000 uh, in there for like, if you're an individual, uh, 7,200 if you uh, have a family. And then you just invest in those things that, you know, because you, you know, being a caregiver, you, you're putting your life at risk because you're taking that, uh, taking care of those in needs with different, you know, you know, whatever they, people got everything going, medical problems. So, you know, just, you know, protect yourself and, you know, you can create like those financial instruments to, you know, develop wealth over the long term. You can invest in like different ETFs, like DRIV is a good one where you can, it's like the EV ETF. Everybody seen Tesla hit one trillion in asset. The right. whole EV, yeah, EV sector is probably going to follow. So, you know, you can just invest in like safe, safe funds or like monthly paying dividends like CRM, yeah. CLM. Um, yeah. And then you just let your money just work for you. You know, you don't have to be like a aggressive investor. You can do conservative growth because, you know, like the value of money from, you know, 1915 to current day. I mean, the dollar lost 97 of its value. And then like if you invest in the stock market, the stock stock market up uh, with like 13 million percent. So that's where the wealth is transferring from. That in real estate and businesses as, as, as well. Well, and don't forget, an ETF just came out for Bitcoin a couple of days ago. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's <laughs> I, I hope Bitcoin. I'm not going to have to tell you in four, five, six years that I told you so. So <laughs> uh, you, you, it, it's a possibility, you're right. You know, I'm seeing uh, Bitcoin ATMs and everything around the neighborhood. So you know, and, and then out of all the crypto, you know, that uh, market cap is like two times than the next one. And then the rest not even there. So sure. Bitcoin probably plays a factor if, if it survives, you know, it might well, be a, big a lot problem. of institutions. That, hope, so. A lot of institutions are investing heavily in it. And what about hey, gold and silver? Uh, gold and silver. I mean, silver productivity. I feel like gold, the gold standard. I mean, if you in China is good, but like here. 
they stopped bagging in 1971. So, I mean, it has some useful life. I mean, you'll put like five, 10% equity in it, but I, I would, you're better off investing in silver here because all the production that they got going on. Yeah. Any good hedges against inflation? Uh, you, I'm sure you expect inflation to increase. Yeah. Inflation definitely going to increase the best hedge against it. I'm not going to say Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, that wasn't a loaded question. I assume I assume buying your house is a good hedge. Yeah, buying your house, you know, just looking to uh, corporate renting. Uh, corporate bonds in. Yeah, don't rent. It's, it's you know, housing is up crazy right now, it's, and it's a seller's yeah. market. So like, you could you could just funnel a lot of equity in your home. You know, just use like the first home buyer or just do a conventional loan. You get two hundred fifty k if you single, five hundred k if you marry, tax exempt. So you can funnel that in your in your house versus renting and you know putting it in somebody else's pocket. Some people say that the stock market and real estate market are uh, a bubble and is going to pop and crash. Is that true? Is uh, no, you, when you look at, look at the long, long term of things, like if you bullish and you long term, there's no such thing as a crash. You know, you're going to have your, your small setbacks. But overall, if you look at the trend from the beginning of time to now, it never really crashed. It was just hiccups in time. Well, in 1930s, it was a 10 year hiccup, right? Yeah, yeah. See that that was, that was depression. That's like the first, but um, that's when they was figuring things out and how they was going to leverage debt to you know <laughs> control society. That was that was before time. That was before you know they they got it figured out. They got plans. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got it figured out. So the so the central bank is not going to do a reset. Uh, I mean, I can see. I can see. I just don't know how the, everyone's going to pay off all their debts, including our governments all around the world. How, how's that going to work out? Just, I'm just curious. They're going to go into a cashless society. Your Bitcoin might come into play. They might uh, put interest <laughs> rates at double. Let, let me get, I know what you're trying to get me to say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, what are some, um, uh, uh, do you have any caregivers in your family? I mean, uh, is caregiving uh, something that you've had? Oh yeah, my grandma, with? my grandma, I'm a caregiver. Uh, my aunt, uh, they pretty much uh, go help elderly. Like my grandma's still in retirement. She's like 98, still doing it, and That's she, she, yeah, she loves wow. helping people. Like, I, you know, just seeing her work. Like, <laughs> she's a very strong individual. Like, she doesn't give up. Like, she could have been Oops. retired, but she just loves helping people. She don't like no cooks to use her time to you know help others and i feel like you know just seeing that growing up you know that played a, a key key role on my my character this is the grandma that raised you huh that's it's my dad mom yeah okay. oh yeah i've been with both of them so pretty much it wow you have a lot of experience and you got uh you had a good upbringing despite your your disabilities and your uh you know misgivings and all of that uh, speak about um, what is that? Fiance? You have a fiance? Yeah, I see her. She's a, a U.S. track runner. She uh, runs the 800, 1500. Oh, uh, she, wow. Um, she's been running since it was like six years professionally. She uh, she likes the intense training. She's she's uh, motivated. She um, she goes 100 percent. She works out all the time i never seen i can't keep up with her and i used to run track <laughs> so she 
she uh, came up with the concepts uh, uh, for the book. She came up with the 10 Immutable Laws, pretty much using like love, re rebirth, uh, reinventing yourself. Uh, just, you know, the necessary steps that, that help you, you know. It was more of like a narrative therapy uh, point of view for me because she got me to pretty much expose everything that I keep in because I was like a brick wall, like in terms of like my story. Um, so it pretty much helped me uh, get through, you know, the things I needed to get through to, you know, to grow as a person. Sounds like she's good for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Have, is there a date yet? Uh, <laughs> and a ring? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we um, was playing in April. Good for you. Oh. Yeah, so, thank you. So um, budgets are important for caregivers, aren't they? Nobody likes a budget. Um, is there such a thing as a budget that is... Um, you know, not so distasteful that, that people uh, avoid them? Uh, I mean, you know, just dealing with your budget, I, I think all, all individuals should just identify all their expenses first. Just see where all your money going. Yeah, and then, a lot of people um, don't even know that. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, I feel like, you know, like when I first started out, uh, like I just looked at all my expenses on a monthly basis. Just see where I put my money. And then I, you know, I noticed like my needs, my wants. And then I just, you know, focused it on like putting my investments in a certain pot, my my wants and needs. And then I, uh, you know, just look at all your expenses and just see and just cut things out that you don't want and use that money to invest or put it somewhere where it work for you, you know, let your money work for you. And, uh, you know, I think everybody should just identify their expenses as caregivers or uh, just any individual. Once you identify all your expenses, then you'll be able to figure out, you know, where you, where you save, where you can save money and where you can, uh, you know, invest and spend it when it's, where it's needed. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, I hate when that happens. I know when, when I worked with people setting up their budgets, um, I made sure that they budgeted in things for themselves, like a movie now and then, yeah. um, yeah. the hairdresser now and then, you know, so that they didn't feel deprived. Yeah. It, it was always very important to include a little bit of self-care in there and entertainment and yeah. not yeah. just yeah. the, the, the absolute vitals. You also yeah. had a budget in. Hey, you got, I definitely agree. You got budget and fun. Like I always take like a trip a month. Like I travel somewhere and then I just set up, set like $500 to the side, you know, just to enjoy that. Because if you just invest in earning, invest in earning, invest in, it's definitely going, like you said, it's going to be depriving. You're going to find yourself in the depressed stage. You know, you got to alleviate, you got to alleviate that by, you know, just having, like you said, that fun travel, just find, you know, those hobbies you like to do and just, you know, set that aside to, you know, invest in those as well. All work yeah. and no play makes Jack a dull boy. <laughs> I remember what I was going to say. Um, do you recommend people not using cash because cash seems to disappear, you know, and you can't keep track of it. Do you recommend that people uh, watch their budget, watch what they spend every day through a debit card or something like that? That way it's all recorded. And sometimes they'll look and say, oh, my God, did I spend that much this month? Uh, whereas if you have cash, it's kind of not recordable, is it? 
Yeah, I, I feel like cash is, I mean, we Bank of America, we try and go into cashless society. So I feel like cash is only good for kids. I feel like if I gave my son 500 and told him, oh. no, this, this is your this is your cash for the month, it'll work for him. As an adult, I feel like you should be a little bit more responsible. Um, what you can do is just set the cash in your account and then use a credit card and set that limit to that, that necessary spend. So like, say if you got a thousand dollar budget, you know, make your credit limit a thousand dollars, have that thousand in cash in, uh, uh, in your bank account. And then you'll just use all those, you'll see all your transactions on your credit card statement. And then you capped off at a thousand. Cause if you got more than, you know, a thousand in your debt, like in your regular bank account, you'll go over that budget every time because you're just going to be like, well, if I got it, I got it. Versus when you got a credit card with a limit on it, it's like, you know, you won't go past it because you, you set that limit on yourself. Yeah, that's true. Uh, do you recommend them uh, figuring out what it would be, the, the daily nut, so to speak, uh, you know, put away those monthly things, but the the everyday, the groceries, et cetera. Okay, well, I've got like uh, $50 a day I can spend so I don't run out. And if I don't spend today's 50, that means I have tomorrow, 100. I mean, what, what kind of clever little way can you make a budget fun? How can you make a budget fun? Um, <laughs> you know, I, like, like she said, I, I would just like reward myself. I would just put, you know, like the, if I save $50 from groceries today, I would put $20 in my fun pot. And then I just take the, the rest or I'll take half of it, put it in my fun pot and put the other half in my needs for the next day. You know, now you got extra $25. You can use that on another another event. Like you could go to Top Golf, or you can go bowling or you can do something with your with your spouse. You know, just, you know, take take that extra spin and just uh, associate it with something that you enjoy. Yeah, good idea. Uh, anything that you would like to share with caregivers that we haven't discussed yet? Um, caregivers, um, if you would, if you would like to, um, listen to any, like my financial advice or tax advice, I got a podcast called the debt. Um, if you want to look into the the debt, like, uh, it's the dream again podcast, but like the debt, it's pretty much like a hand gesture, you know, you dab somebody up. So, uh, it's called the debt. Um, you can find all, all, all the information at dream again, uh, the legacy.com. You can see like the financial freedom uh, tab. You can see all the partnerships. Uh, you can see uh, the book. You can get all the, all that information there. Um, if you need any like advice or anything like that financial, you can reach reach out to me. Uh, dream again underscore the legacy uh, on Instagram or uh, dream again underscore TL on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much. Um, yeah, I'm Andre Henry. I appreciate y'all having me today. Hey, we appreciate you coming on. A reminder, all our live shows become recorded pod and video casts on all our platforms mentioned before, like YouTube, Block uh, Talk Radio, Podbean, and many others. Also, my membership website, caregiverdave.com, free membership support. It's a community with lots of free gifts and resources at caregiverdave.com. Please click the like button if you're listening to this on YouTube or any other platform that has uh, that stuff at the bottom, it helps the algorithms uh, share this to many others. And to all my listeners, thank you again for tuning in each and every week. I'm at caregiverdave.com. Adrian is at thecaregiverspace.org. Uh, and she has a great caregiver community, uh, lar- much larger than mine, 160,000 and some change. And um, 
we will see you next time. Same time, same channel. Thanks again. Bye bye. <laughs> Dave Nassani, the caregiver's caregiver, has just released his sixth book entitled It's My Life Too Thrive to Stay Alive as a Caregiver. It was specifically written for caregivers who know they should be putting their needs first, but just don't know how. Dave is the sole caregiver to his wife, Charlene, since 1996. He knows firsthand what caregivers are going through because he is one. He now speaks all across the country, offering caregivers his amazing caregiver support package. Even the airlines tell us that in the event of an emergency, to put your oxygen mask on first before you help your child with their mask. They know that those who don't heed their advice often black out, thus becoming unable to help either themselves or their child. And caregivers are exactly the same way. It's my life too. Thrive and stay alive as a caregiver will help caregivers who are neglecting their sleep, diet, and social life and learn to put their needs first. Pick up your copy today or buy one for your special caregiver on sale everywhere and at caregiverdave.com. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.